Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. As you probably heard in the last episode that I posted, we're in a very transitional time with this podcast right now. This week, um, I'm actually relaunching and rebranding the podcast. It's going to stay on this exact same um, platform. Like, I'm not deleting any episodes and it's going to stay on this podcast, all the past episodes, but basically I'm just renaming it and rebranding it and putting new cover art. The new name is going to just simply be Mimi. I know. Bold, elevated, simplistic. That's my vibe with it. Just Mimi, just my name. Um, So I hope you guys like that new branding and the colors are going to be kind of more aligned with my Mimi method coloring. Um, So yeah, just bear with me this week and next week we're going to get started. I wanted to share this episode as soon as possible though because I spoke to two really incredible girls, Lauren and Molly, and they're from Kind Campaign, which is a nonprofit organization, a charity to help people that have suffered with bullying. And this is quite near and dear to my heart. And before we get into the episode, I kind of just wanted to share with you a little bit about my personal journey with bullying. Um, it's kind of a sensitive topic, but I really think talking about it makes it so much better for people that experience it because they don't feel as alone. They don't feel like there's something really wrong with them. I think it's pretty, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident to say that everybody in this world has experienced feeling judged by others um, or bullying at some point in their life. And the more that we do this work, the personal development work, the meditating, the putting ourselves first, waking up early, journaling, whatever the work is for you, but this is kind of the work that my community often does is just the personal growth work. The more work you do, the better that I think you get at not caring as much what, what other people think of you and not being as deeply affected. And But it, you know, it's still, it's really tough. And sometimes we get faced with something that we think we've gone through so much growth and then it just like, it's like a rug coming up from under you, you know, being torn from under you and you don't even realize you're still, you know, not there yet. So all to say, I'm going to share a few stories with you before we get started. And Lauren and Molly are great. Can't wait for you guys to meet them. It's going to be a bit of a long episode. So this is, I hope, something that will help you and make you feel less alone if you've experienced this, whether it's online, bullying, people just being rude to you online. It kind of all goes under the category of bullying, I think. Um, or in person, you know, in person is is the OG bullying. And Lauren and Molly, uh, they focus a lot on that as well because they work with young kids, which is, you know, amazing work. So I'll just give you a bit of a lowdown. When I was younger, and I've, I think I've shared this a little bit over the years, but it's still quite a sensitive topic. So I try not to dive into it too much, but I know I should probably be more open with it. I was severely bullied when I was really young. I'm talking, um, I actually had to change schools when I was from grade two to grade three. I don't know how old that is. Um, for people like in England, they don't really know grade. I'm going to Google it. Grade two Canada age. So grade two is seven to eight years old. So when I was seven to eight years old, I was, 
I actually don't really remember that time because I think I just blocked it out so much. I don't really remember why I was getting bullied, but I was really bullied. Um, so that my mom actually sent me to a new school in grade three, I went to a new school and yeah, you know, over the years, I, like I said, I blocked it out a lot, but it truly did affect me at such a young age. And there are moments of it that I remember absolutely like this girl would like steal my lunch and chase me. And there was this one girl who was such a bully and then other people would like tease me. And I actually remember once someone threw, we were at recess outside and this guy threw a rock at my face. (laughs) I was like eight years old and I still have a scar on my lip. Uh, my God, why am I getting emotional? I guess I don't really think about this or talk about this a lot. But yeah, like this kid threw a rock at my face and I have a scar on my lip. If I like, you know, spread the skin on my lip, I have this huge scar and I had to get stitches. Um, And I was eight years old. And I don't know if it was because I was quiet, a little bit weird, maybe. I was a very quirky kid. But yeah, it really affected me. So This kind of work is very near and dear to my heart, Um, not just because of that incident, but over the years, as I kind of evolved into more of an adult, there were definitely things that were incredibly hurtful. And a lot of it started with, you know, girls in middle school and high school, catty girls. I was often, I often found myself in friendship groups of like two other girls. So it would be the three of us and like being best friends like this happened many times with many different people throughout my life and I would always feel very excluded and they would kind of like you know not want to be around me and like make me feel really guilty and excluded and I I always felt excluded um so there was a lot of stuff like that a lot a lot of stuff like that um and then (laughs) fast forward to being in my early 20s starting my online business uh experimenting in tv God, fake reality TV too. That's definitely not an easy one when it comes to online hate, where you literally are not the person that they are trying to show you as on screen. Um, And that was super tough. I was called a dumpling on national television. Like someone, this girl called me like fat. She called me a dumpling on national television. And that was back when I was like 20 pounds heavier and definitely affected me. Are you kidding? Maybe that is uh, something that affected my really negative food patterns for a long time. Not blaming it on that, but all these things that accumulate over time have an effect on you as a whole. Um, I can't even tell you how many awful things would happen. So many people would message me horrendous things on Instagram, on messages, on everywhere, like just really horrible stuff. I would never wish for anyone to experience. And then I think the last situation that I dealt with when it comes to online bullying, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but this person (laughs) tried to cancel me last year for zero reason. They made a story up, literally. And I had to get lawyers involved and they ended up spending a lot of money because in this day and age, like when it's something that big and they were trying to message 
companies I worked with, they were taking brand deals away. Like when it comes to someone taking my livelihood away, and this is before I started Mimi Method, so I wasn't, I was actually relying on other, on other companies, you know, just because they have a deep hatred for me for some reason. Um, I had to get lawyers involved for the first time in my life. Now I have a, a, a team of lawyers that I work with, um, that I'm connected with because of this person. And, um, yeah, so that happened and it was a very hard time for me for a couple months and we went back and forth and finally, um, you know, they had to pay <laughs> for the damage. Um, and it was not a fun experience. It was not a fun experience. And, um, yeah, so all to say there is, there is many, there are many instances with online bullying in-person bullying that I've had to deal with over the years. And it really comes down to just building a thicker skin because we can't control what other people do or say. And all we can control is just to protect ourselves, whether that be just with our thick skin and doing the personal development work and talking to people about it and being an advocate for kindness or it can be getting a legal team involved, which I am not scared to do anymore. Um, it just sounds so intense. Lawyers, you know what I mean? Hold on. I literally just had to tell Ben to stop making noise because he knows I'm filming and he's like throwing pots and pans everywhere in the kitchen right now. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anyway, going back to the point. Um, yeah, you know, that's me being vulnerable and telling you a few instances in my life where I've been bullied and there are many more that I could share with you, but you know, it's a very, very tough, tough thing to go through and you feel alone and you feel not good enough and you feel a lot of self-hatred towards yourself, a lot of doubt towards yourself and a lot of just negativity, I want to say, but I hate that word. Like I really, it's more than that. It's just like a deep sadness and I get it and I've been there and as much as a lot of you guys think that I just have a happy face on all the time and I'm so positive and I'm just this like happy person I have had to go through a lot to become this this doesn't come naturally to me I was born a very introverted quirky interesting girl <laughs> I I was not like other people in the sense that like I was actually a bit socially awkward um growing up for the first like 10 years of my life and then I think I had to project this fake confidence to the world to protect myself and then in my early 20s that kind of the more the more that I started diving into personal development I realized that was a fake confidence and I was projecting um just a fake confidence to the world because I wanted to feel safe. And if I was loud, no one could hurt me or something. And then the more work I did, I realized that wasn't me. So I started uncovering those layers. And now I really feel like I'm me. I'm tough, but, and I'm happy, but I'm very soft and I am proud to be soft and I'm very sensitive and I'm proud to be sensitive. So yeah, all to say, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this episode. It's going to be a long one because I'm doing this little intro. I'd love to know if uh, you guys like me doing these little intros before getting into 
uh, interview that I do with a guest because as you know, with the new podcast branding and stuff, I'm going to be posting solo episodes every Wednesday or every Sunday and interviews every Wednesday or most Wednesdays. So around two episodes a week. So let me know if that's something you, you want me to do. And, um, yeah, just know with the whole bullying thing, we're in a time where people, I honestly think cyberbullying is worse than kids being mean to each other outside during recess because when you're behind a screen, you have no filter. You you don't even think anyone's looking at you. And we're kind of living in a time as well where a lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are very unhappy with themselves and they need to project that to the world. Have you guys seen the cancel culture that's been happening over the past 16 months? And I don't think there is an excuse to say that people are in a bad place because of COVID. So, you know, they're not happy. So they're projecting themselves onto canceling other people that they're maybe low-key jealous of or want to hate for some reason. I don't think that's it. I really just think that the world, people just think it's okay to try to tear others down for no reason at all, make things up to do that, assume, oh my God, can you guys imagine a time where if someone had a different opinion to you, you could just say, oh, okay, I think differently, you know? We can agree to disagree. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh, that would be a great time to live in. Now it's like I say I like an orange and someone's like, are you kidding me? Like oranges are, you know, like you're discriminating against mangoes. And I'm like, what the fuck? Have you guys seen that meme? That I'm referring to that meme. Anyway, I just, you can't win with social media. You can't. So I'm just staying in my lane like I always am. And um, yeah. I have such a strong army of supporters and I think the one thing that we kind of touched on in this episode too, it's like, how do you deal with these people like shell of the humans that decide that they are the chosen one to take someone down no matter what? (laughs) Um, You know, what you need to do is block, delete and send love because the biggest thing that I've learned over the years when it comes to like hate comments, people not liking you and all that stuff. It's like, if you engage That's kind of what they want. Like imagine being someone like that. Truly, for a second, imagine being someone who goes out of their way to write a mean review for no reason, just because they maybe disagree with something someone said, to comment something nasty, to DM someone something horrific, to try to convince the world to cancel them based off of an assumption that you really want to believe because you just really hate this influencer because you're maybe even secretly jealous. I really think it all stems from jealousy because why do you hate someone so much? There, There's no reason. I really think it stems from that. Um, and yeah, I it's this huge topic that I'm passionate about, but I also don't want to give too much energy to because like the second you give these people energy is the second that they actually feel heard. The thing is just to make them not feel heard and don't make them feel special at all because in reality, they're really freaking average. (laughs) Like I use that word in a bad way, but they're even worse than average. They're just like sad. But I believe in the capability 
of all humans to better themselves. So that is why I like to send them love as well. After I block and delete, I literally, I don't pray, but I do a little thank, not thank you. I do a little like, I hope you're going to be okay in life um, when I block and delete because it's like, it's not worth my energy to hold on to whatever they say because they have no power over me. They're nothing to me. And it might sound harsh, but they're worthless to me. So it doesn't affect me. And it helps me when I just send them love. So I urge everyone listening, if you really strongly disagree with what someone is saying because they might have a different opinion to yours, unfollow them. Let's stop with the hate following thing. I was reading this thing the other day and it was all about hate following. And it's like, why do you follow people you don't like to keep tabs on them, to wait for them to fuck up, to, you know, whatever it is, like, stop. Whether it's because that hate following actually triggers online bullying, I think, because it's like you're seeing their stuff. If you don't like them, just unfollow them. And when it comes to real life situations and people, you know, with family or friends or whatever, when it, anyone that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, goodbye like goodbye 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 sayonara and that's what we got to do and we got to stay strong and rise above it because those vibrations are low and ours are high and the more people the, the what we need in this world is more people with that high vibration loving energy because guess what when the world has more of that the world has less hate And when the world has less hate, the world has less issues and everyone can come together and help each other. Can you imagine an environment where people are helping each other with love, full of love? They're not against each other all the time. That would be beautiful. And the first step to that is to let other people have different opinions and let other people be themselves. It's not about opinions. It's about just being themselves. Don't judge others for wearing something weird or whatever it is. Just be you and focus on you. And a telltale sign that someone's unhappy in their life is if they speak badly to other people, whether that's online or offline. So yeah, all right, we're at an 18-minute intro. I'm going to hand you guys off to this episode I recorded a couple months ago with Kind Campaign. Make sure to check these girls out after listening. They're really sweet. They've done a lot of great work and they're helping a lot of people. And I can only imagine uh, how different my elementary school bullying could have been if they came to speak at my school because they do a lot of speaking at schools um, to that person that made me get stitches in my face. So, but you can never regret, I guess. Now it's just a learning, a learning and forgiving step. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Meanie V podcast. I'm so happy to have the beautiful Lauren and Molly here from Kind Campaign on the episode today. We're going to be talking about so much stuff, and I'm so moved and just inspired by what both of you guys do. Kind Campaign is a nonprofit organization that helps to empower women and to create awareness around the negative effects of bullying, whether that's in person or online. Um, if I'm missing anything, I'm going to give you guys both an intro right now. So I'm just really into this work. And especially since, you know, becoming more of a personality online and I've done TV work and stuff before. 
the amount of hate and bullying that that even I get, you know, it's it's crazy. So I'm super interested in the work both of you do, and I know even normal people to this day still experience bullying. Um, so we we need to talk about it, open this conversation, and and I can't wait to talk to both of you on on how you created this and just top tips to people how to deal with this kind of thing that just happens. It seems like more and more in today's world. So welcome Molly and Lauren. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Of course. So excited to be here. So I guess we'll start with you, Lauren. Like, do you want to give us a little background about you, your story, if you've ever, you know, dealt with bullying? I'm sure you have since this is a passion of yours talking about, you know, how to help heal that. Let's kind of get into that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I went through a pretty traumatic experience in middle school with a group of girls. Um, you know, relative to the things that we see on a daily basis with our work, um, what these girls did to me wasn't really anything out of the ordinary. I'd say it was, you know, a lot of gossip and rumors. And um, I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal, you know, the things that were happening. It was, it was a really hard time. It went on for about two years. Um, but I think more important than what they were doing to me is really the effect of those experiences. And, and, you know, these effects are why we do the work that we do because these experiences are so impactful and, and truly can be life changing for people. Um, so as a result of the bullying that I was experiencing in middle school, um, I ended up developing a severe depression, which turned into an eating disorder. Um, I completely lost my sense of self-worth and self-confidence. Um, my grades dropped. I was pretty much failing school when I was going through all of this. Um, and I just completely lost myself in that experience. I didn't want to wake up and go to school. I didn't want to face them in the hallways. Um, I you know, felt suicidal. Um, there was just it was a lot. And it it brought me to definitely, you know, a place where I felt completely alone. Um, I felt like there was no escape, like there was no way out. And again, you know, having that effect, um, and, and that imprinted on me at such a young age. Um, and now looking back in hindsight, it's just so heartbreaking. Um, you know, how many young girls and boys go through this and, when you're feeling ostracized at school and and you feel like, you know, the weight of those social experiences on your shoulders, how truly trapped you feel and how you can feel so completely alone. Um, and so, you know, we share our stories when we do our assemblies in schools and, you know, I'm always very open about, you know, the details of that experience and letting girls know how important it is to reach out when you feel these things, you know, uh, when you're going through these things, how you don't have to suffer alone, how important it is to reach out to an adult and ask for help when you need it, because we all need help, you know, even as adults um, from time to time. And um, and how important it is for young girls and boys to remember that their school experiences are just one chapter of their story, you know, that there's so much ahead, that there's people that they'll meet and relationships and places they'll go and, you know, friends that are out in the world that they don't even know, you know, when they're 13, that will become their best friends in like 10 years. And, you know, thinking back, I just wish I had more of that perspective, someone to kind of share that with me. Um, but yeah, you know, going through that was really impactful and and really a life-changing chapter. And growing up, I always was really saddened and disheartened. Um, 
by this idea that girls and women, you know, have these broken relationships that we, you know, feel jealous and competitive and, and what does that look like? And for so long, it wasn't even talked about really the first attempt at taking it seriously was the movie Mean Girls, you know, and, um, and so Molly and I, we went to college together, we were in film school. And uh, the summer going into our senior year, we talked about um, what it could look like to make a documentary film about all this. We had no idea what that would turn into, what the conversation would look like, because this was, you know, over a decade ago before bullying was even a conversation at all. Um, And it was really through the uh, interviews we were capturing on camera and seeing people pour out their hearts that we kind of looked at each other and were like, wow, you know, this could be much more than just a film. Like there's a big conversation that we need to have. Um, and so that's kind of like the, the seed that was planted. I'll let Molly kind of share some of her story and then what that film and conversation kind of blossomed into, um, over the last 10 years. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I feel like so many people listening right now can probably relate. I don't know one person who hasn't been bullied in some way, shape or form in their life. And of course, yeah you're so right that it really just affects so much and, and it can, you know, people don't, don't think about it in the moment and uh, it just evolves into something big if it, if it isn't, you know, yeah. catered to. So Molly, I would love to hear your side of the story here and, and your passion behind this movement, your personal story, if you want to share and uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so like Lauren was saying, um, you know, it was interesting because when we sat down and had that first uh, you know, we were friends before, but um, the summer going into our senior year, we were actually just like out to lunch, catching up on what we were doing that summer. And um, that's when she was like, she had just come back from a documentary film festival. And I had been um, in London actually for the summer working at a film production company. And, um, you know, she was fired up with this idea of, of shooting a documentary about this issue, not realizing at the time that I had also had an experience in high school that really impacted me. So the second she said it was just, you know, immediately like, this is what I went through. And yes, like, let's do this. And, um, you know, really it was from that moment that we hit the ground running. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar to like what Lauren said, you know, my experience is um, very similar to those that we hear every day. And like you mentioned, this is such a universal experience and we haven't come across a single person who hasn't experienced this in some, you know, way, shape or form. And, and two, um, something important to note is that, you know, kind campaigns message is not about pointing the finger at anyone and saying, Oh, you know, you're a mean girl or you're, you know, quote unquote bully. Um, we actually don't even love that term just because, um, a big part of our message is that we've all been on both sides of this issue. And we've all been deeply affected by the things that have been said and done to us, but also recognizing the role that we play within this. And the fact that we have all said and done things that have negatively affected other people as well. And um, that's something actually that we talk about in our assemblies. It's one of the first things that we do with the girls. And it's incredible. We ask these two questions, you know, have you ever been affected by the things that have been said and done to you? And every single hand in the room goes up. And then we follow that up with, you know, raise your hand if you have ever said or done anything that has negatively affected other people. And pretty much every single hand in the room stays up for that question as well. And it's almost like this light bulb moment for these girls because they're looking around and realizing like, oh, you've, you know, you've been affected and oh, you're like, you also are acknowledging that like you've said and done things. And so it just really is a moment um, of empowerment for them to recognize that, you know, they are in control of, 
their you know school dynamics and um, recognizing again that um, you know they have the power to create change within their school hallways by being aware of the power and the impact of their words and their actions and so um, yeah so for me my experience was in junior year and um, just you know I was friends with a group of girls and um, you know, then, then I wasn't anymore. Um, and that kind of lasted that entire year. And, um, you know, we go again into detail in assemblies, but, um, really the bigger part for me was just feeling so incredibly alone. And, um, you know, I just vividly remember walking through my school hallways and, you know, I went to a huge school and there are people all around, but I just felt so alone, um, and feeling like, there was no end to that. Like that was going to be my future for the rest of my life. And so a big moment for me was on the last day of my junior year when I was walking through the hallways during class. So the halls were pretty empty. And, um, you know, one of the girls who had kind of started all of these things and, um, she came and also happened to be walking in the halls and apologized to me for everything that had happened that year. And, for me, that was such a life-changing moment because really that entire year I had been questioning myself and, you know, wondering why these things were happening or, you know, wondering what I could do differently to make them stop. And those are similar questions to the things that we hear from girls who are currently going through their own struggles. And, you know, for her to have the courage to come to me and apologize, you know, and admit, you know, I, I don't know why I did those things to you. Because that's something that we also hear from girls, you know, who are recognizing the impact of their words and actions and how they have negatively affected other people. And, and it does take so much courage to apologize to someone. So for her to come to me and have that moment of reconciliation, it allowed me to see that there was light at the end of the tunnel. And I went on to have an amazing senior year experience, one that, you know, if you had told me what was going to play out senior year, I would have never believed you you know, going through those, um, you know, day after day, junior year, just feeling so alone. So, um, you know, because of that and because of what I went through, I feel so, so thankful really to be able to, you know, now share that experience with girls and, um, you know, to stand there and say, you know, no matter what it is that you're going through, this is just one chapter of your story. And, um, there's so many beautiful things ahead of you. And, um, and so again, when Lauren, you know, mentioned that and um, we started talking about it and we really did just hit the ground running and um, we, you know, that entire senior year, we founded the nonprofit. After we graduated, we went on a road trip to shoot the film and then since then have been, you know, kind of coming up with different programming and curriculums and camps and, um, you know, volunteer programs every year. So year after year, it's, um, you know, grown and expanded. And I think from that initial conversation, we had all of these big dreams and goals. And, uh, but then at the same time, you know, we look back now and see everything that has happened since that moment and, you know, in some ways can't believe it. So it's been an incredible goodness now, almost 12 years. Yeah. That's oh crazy. Oh my gosh. That's um, so, so yeah. crazy. Wow. Good for both of you, honestly. Like this, it's so inspiring to hear that. And it just makes you realize as well that everything happens for a reason. And you guys both had to go through that to then unite and create this. And you're impacting, I'm sure, millions of lives at this point. So really incredible. Thank you. Yeah, really incredible. So let's talk about it from, I guess an actionable point of view. What are both of your top theories, tips, principles when it comes to 
bullying, whether it's online or offline, from the person's perspective of getting bullied and feeling attacked, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give them? Because mm-hmm. I like what you said there, don't attack the other person because it just creates more drama and negativity. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, although in my low moments, I'll post a screenshot of a troll online, what they messaged me and just, <laughs> yeah, I know okay. it's not mature, but sometimes it happens. I haven't in a while though. <laughs> I totally hear you. It's, it's, man, online is a whole nother space that is, can be so dark. And, you know, I feel like adults are worse than, you know, like than you know, a middle schooler a lot of the time, a lot of the people that are trolling other people are mothers or fathers or, you know, people sitting at their work desk. It's like just that space, you know, and it's, it's interesting because social media and all of these spaces are so new, you know, historically speaking, this is a very new space for everyone. And so I feel like, you know, we're still learning how to appropriately, um, exist within it, how to respond. And, you know, I think, Thankfully, to some degree, tech companies are like trying to, you know, do what they can to allow us to report things and to, you know, report accounts that are, you know, abusive, really. And, and it's so important, but I think there also needs to be more done. Um, I was actually just having a conversation with someone about this a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying that there's a lot of legislation um, uh, and and conversations happening right now about the idea of making social media 18 and over, um, mm-hmm. which I actually really love the idea of because just, and, and I guess there's a big push for that right now, especially going into this next year. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we, the things that we say, see in schools, the effects that social media and, and bullying and trolling has on, of course, adults, but like you put that into the heart of a 12 year old, Like you just can't even imagine. We don't even have the data to be able to fully see the clear picture of how that affects someone in their later life, because this is all new. Like we have no idea what, you know, a preteen right now who's growing up with a phone in their hand, who's growing up with social media, following them all day of their life, you know, and the impact of that, like what that looks like when you're 40 or 50 years old, because this is the first generation going through that. And so it's just, you know, if, and, and I, I've always thought like if, if adults can't even figure out how to like be nice within this space, like how are we allowing young kids to just try and fend for themselves? Like you can't even blame them for a lot of the things that they're doing because, because adults can't even be nice, you know, on it. So yeah. a lot of the time, obviously a lot of people are use it for the right reasons and connect. And there's a lot of beautiful things within these spaces, but um yeah, it's complicated. And, you know, I'd say for someone being attacked online, um, it is really important to report these accounts. And, you know, we have these options, you swipe left and you can report harassment, bullying, abuse. And I think it's important that we do that, not only when it's happening to you, but when you see it happen to someone else, it's a way to like not be a bystander within this space and to stand up for people. Um, you know, when things are happening in your own personal life, um, something that we talk about within, within Kind Campaign that I think is a really important conversation to have, especially with girls, is the fact that you don't have to be friends with someone who makes you feel bad. You know, I, th- I think there's this idea that we have, 
Um, so obviously now I'm speaking to someone who you have an actual relationship with a, a friend. Um, you know, there's a lot of times in our lives, whether it's in middle school or, you know, even into adulthood where a friendship doesn't feel healthy, doesn't feel like a mutual exchange of respect and love. And, um, and, you know, whether that's because the friendship has run its course, or maybe that person is going through their own things and is just not able to be a healthy relationship for you. Um, I think a lot of times we live with this idea, especially as women and as girls, that just because you're friends with someone, you like have to be friends for the rest of your life, you know? And, and it's such an interesting thing because when you speak about romantic relationships, like we break up all the time, you know, it's like something doesn't feel good anymore. So you move on and you have a new chapter, a new experience, a new relationship. And sometimes you do have to break up with friends and go your separate ways. And it doesn't have to be drama. It doesn't have to be talking behind each other's backs and, you know, some big thing. It can just be the acknowledgement that you've shared this time together. And for whatever reason, it's not feeling good anymore for one person, maybe for both. And, you know, and take those lessons, learn and go your separate ways. And I just feel like life is too precious and too short to, um, to feel stressed about maintaining relationships that don't feel good in your gut and in your soul. And I think as women and as girls were taught to, you know, to be kind and sweet and, and apologetic and, and, you know, sympathetic to everything. And, and those are beautiful parts of womanhood and, and things to be celebrated, but um, to also be strong and to not let those pieces of you be taken advantage of, you know, and to call things out when they happen to, you know, walk away when you need to. Um, we talk about that so much. And again, ro- romantic relationships, if something feels abusive, you go the other way, you, you end that relationship. But sometimes that happens in friendships too, or, or with acquaintances. So um, yeah, I think that's just a, an important piece of that, just for someone receiving that to, to feel strong and validated in the fact that you can walk away from something, even if it's just a friendship. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you, Molly? Do you have any kind of ways, coping mechanisms or strategies that you often give as advice to people that have, you know, either been bullied online or even just don't feel good in a certain relationship or friendship? Yeah, I think um, specific to the online space and Lauren touched on this a bit, but, you know, aside from just you know, the cyberbullying that can take place, um, you know, on social media or even just like technology, like on your phone, you know, via text message or um, whatever that looks like. I think there's also, you know, again, aside from like the direct bullying, there's also just um, this very interesting space, particularly, you know, for young people, something again, that adults deal with, but just like the pressure of, how you exist in that space. And so even if you're not directly being bullied online, um, there's still such this pressure and we've seen this, you know, in, we've seen it be used against, you know, girls specifically in schools to have, you know, a certain number of likes or a certain number of followers or a certain number of this or that, like these metrics that are, are people, of all ages, but again, like thinking about a young person, you know, are looking at and then are, are measuring like their worth and their value based on these numbers that are, you know, ultimately really 
meaningless when it comes to like who they are and, and what they're about. And, um, you know, the people that are surrounding them, like physically in front of them, their friends. Um, and so, so I feel like when we're talking about like this online space, it's such a, um, it's so complicated because, you know, there's obviously these like direct attacks that kids and adults go through, um, via cyberbullying, but then there's also just like the underlying pressure that people put on themselves, that other people put on them to, you know, measure up to these numbers that, um, again, you know, are meaningless. And so I think specific to that, because I think that's something, again, that we're all navigating, something that I think is really helpful is like taking, like having set breaks from all technology, but especially social media. Um, because I think it is so easy to, to be just so wrapped up in that world. And especially right now when, you know, there isn't that face-to-face interaction with people during this time, you know, that is obviously different for everyone, but we, um, just finished our, it was actually our very first ever virtual founders tour. Lauren and I tour, um, typically in the fall and in the spring, we have founders tours where we go in and we speak in schools, but with everything, of course, looking very different this fall um, and um, into the spring, we kind of reformatted all of our programming and curriculum. And so we uh, did a virtual founders tour this year, which was really special and beautiful and and so powerful and impactful. Um, But it was just so apparent, you know, doing these assemblies with girls via zoom, um, you know, to just see the, just the desire for that connection. And, um, we do different interactive activities in our assembly and to see the ways in which they were interacting with each other, even through the computer. Um, and just how, again, they were just, you know, people are longing for that always at all times in their lives is just that interaction with other people, but especially right now. And so, to circle back to what I was saying about, you know, this online space, you know, of course it's like you do get, you can get so much, you know, connection and goodness and, and joy, um, you know, at times, but when you start to recognize that, that, that you're at, it's like stressing you out, it's making you sad, you're feeling lonelier, the more you look at your phone. Um, I think it's really important to, to just like put it in a drawer and put it away and take a break from it. And, and then, focus on, you know, what's bringing you joy presently, physically where you are in that moment. And that's something that, um, you know, I even have to do, I have to recognize within myself. There's times where it's like, I love, I love connecting with people in that way. And I, and I feel like there can be so many beautiful moments of community and, um, you know, connecting on, you know, so many different levels with different people all over the world. But then when I start to like feel that becoming more of a pressure or like, I feel anxious about like, Oh, I didn't get back to this person. Cause I'm a crazy person. And that's where my head goes. Or just like, you know, feeling not good about myself because of this or that, that I'm seeing. It's like, you need to just put that away. Like that is not, um, that's just not healthy. And so I think, you know, recognizing that and what that looks like for, you know, for you, for whoever, you know, is listening, that's like, Oh, I, I kind of feel that way. Um, and just setting aside that time to, you know, just take serious breaks, I think is so, um, so needed for all of us. And again, speaking directly to any, you know, young people, I know that, you know, like Lauren was saying, I I can't imagine that being your world, especially right now when you don't have those interactions at school. And so, um, 
you know, I know that that would be difficult to, to step away from, but, um, try it out and see if it makes you happy and brings you joy and, and, you know, maybe implement like a specific times every, you know, day or week to do that. Mm -hmm. um, This is so important. So important. Like it's such a small thing that people don't realize would really influence their lives until they do it for a week or so. And then they just see how much clearer things are. And I really believe that things that numb you out in the world. And we're just talking about self-care here and, and just being a happy human. Things that numb you out drain you of energy and life. So whether that is being on technology too much, mindlessly scrolling on social media to, I don't know, like overeating or like, uh, just doing things that don't, that just like to numb you out, you know, just distracting yourself with things outside of you. Mm-hmm. The less that you do that, the more you reduce that, I think the happier you become. And yeah. it's all emotional, right? And I think the biggest reason that all of us are glued to our phones is because they've been able to create social media and phones in a way that is so addictive and our brains are dopamine response. Like it's addicted yeah. to that, right? And totally. we just lose life from it. So it's, you're totally right, Molly. I think reducing social media, reducing technology changes your world. I actually heard about this doctor. I I don't know where I heard this. I think it was on another podcast or something. Um, but he had like a teenage girl and her mom come in for depression medication. And he said to the kid, he said, you know, try to, uh, for the next two weeks, I want you to do something. And if you come back and it's the same, then we'll, we'll give you the medication. But he said, try to, uh, turn your phone off for two hours in the morning and two hours before bed. Like, don't go on it. Just try this for two weeks and come back to me. And the parent and the kid came back two weeks later and they were like, Oh my God, like she feels so much better. Like we're going to keep this up kind of thing. And they, she didn't need the medications. I'm not saying this, that, you know, I think, you know, whatever, like I'm not giving a blanket state blanket statement here, but I'm, I am saying that it is, it's, it's effective to reduce it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting and totally makes sense. I mean, it's, it's this constant stream of like information and negativity and positivity, but just like a constant, it's an addiction. Just like you said, it really is. When you said numb, you know, feeling numb and like this constant scroll, it, it made me think of something I had thought about um, a while ago, just the fact that like when you think about how much time you spend just doing that scroll, you know, it's like this little movement that we all know, like, and you just visualize it. Right. And, and if you put yourself in that moment of sitting, you know, sitting on your couch, sitting in bed, scrolling, looking at things, just understanding like what, what is, where, where does the worth lie within that moment that you're experiencing? Because fast forward two days later, I literally couldn't tell you a single thing that I looked at. Like I have I know I looked at Instagram, you know, handful of times yesterday. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you one thing that I saw, not one, not about a friend, not about a stranger, not about anything. And so why, like, why did I do that? What, why it's like such a waste of time. I could tell you about the conversation I had with a friend yesterday. I could tell you about like 
seeing my daughter in the morning and exactly what we talked about. I could tell you what I ate yesterday. I could tell you about so many details about my day yesterday, but I could tell you nothing about my interaction with Instagram yesterday other than that it was probably a waste of time. And so it's just, it is such an interesting thing. I think, you know, and it's interesting because I feel like we have these conversations. Everyone has these conversations all the time. Like anytime I'm with a group of friends, anytime we're on a podcast, anytime we're in schools, like the minute technology comes up, we always end up here where we're like, it doesn't feel good a lot of the time. It is addictive. Why are we wasting our time? Again, not to say that there aren't good pieces of it. There are. I, I attribute a lot of being able to grow Kind Campaign the way we did to social media. So there, mm-hmm. there are great things about it. But I feel like we constantly come back to this space and we don't really do anything about it. You know, like it, it and I'm speaking to myself, like, you know, and, and so speaking to what Molly said, like, I feel like there needs to be more, you know, whether it's like taught and maybe needs to be taught in school. Like here's how to interact with technology. Now that this is so much a part of your life, like this is when you need to turn off. Like, I I don't know what that looks like, but I feel like whenever technology comes up, we come back to, to this place and then we go about our days and then we have this conversation in a week and say the same thing. So it's just a nice kind of like reminder, even just to myself, as I'm saying this out loud, like, yeah, take, I, I I do try and be intentional about taking breaks, but take more breaks, you know, like just mm-hmm. forget it. It's such, it's so soul sucking a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Something I actually love to do that I didn't mention when you're asking about like things you can do um, pieces of advice is I actually love, like I get trolls. I hate that word actually, but I get people who, you know, say things that actually really hurt my feelings sometimes that, you know, whether it's, on a comment on a post or like one, I never really look at my DMS, but once in a while I'll go in and just like scroll and read a couple and just see what's going on. And some of the things that people say, you just like, can't believe how dark it is and how mean spirited. And, and I love responding to, to them. Like, but I do it and and it's not to be manipulative. It truly in a genuine way, because I immediately go to this place of like, this person can't feel good about themselves. Like nobody that's has a good feeling within themselves with their community is like sitting online and, and actively hurting people like that. Just that just, you wouldn't do that. So I, I, and this is, you know, goes into the work that we do with kind campaign, like trying to put some sort of empathetic lens on it while not excusing it. It's not okay. But I love whether it's like directly on a post that I've written or in a DM, just like in a, in a humane way, just saying, Hey, like that hurt my feelings. Like why? Like, and, and it, you know, if they say something specific, trying to like get to the root of it and explain like, no, actually this is my perspective. And this is why I said that. And I'm sorry you feel different, you know, and just like talking like a human, you know, and honestly, it doesn't even matter how mean and like, insane the comment was to begin with like it can be so off the rails a hundred percent of the time the response that I get is so nice so understanding so like always apologetic just like I oh my gosh you know I I didn't think you'd see that or I'm so sorry like I, I didn't think about it that way and it's just such a and and I love doing it because that's always the response so I and so I continue to do it because 
it's just a reminder that these are just humans with their own broken feelings and struggles and whatever that for whatever reason have chosen to take their pain out in this way. And, um, and just to, just to remind them that there's another human on the other side of this with their own story um, and their own struggles that's reading really hurtful things. And I don't know, it's, it's always like this light bulb moment, but it's, it, you have to be intentional about choosing the right words and, and being kind in your response, even when they're not being kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, I do love doing that because I, I think about it as some teachable moment, like maybe that person will think before they do that to someone else. Maybe they won't, but maybe they will. And so, yeah, I do love doing that. That mm-hmm. is, I've never thought about doing it that way. Cause my strategy mm-hmm. is block, pray for, delete. <laughs> like I always, yeah. that's my strategy. Cause I, you know, yeah. I get a decent amount, like not an overwhelming amount, but a decent amount. But the way that you yeah. just explain that makes me think that, Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to like spend my time doing it to every uh, single one yeah, or whatever, you but you can't, and you also shouldn't like yeah. nobody, they actually don't deserve that time and energy from you. Like, but I, I'll just say from my own experience, it's not something that I do all the time, but I think it's just specific comments where I'm like, Oh wow. I just, I want to just like talk to this person mm-hmm. and it always goes really well. And it always feels good for me too. Not just for my own, like, you know, feeling it's a resolution. Yeah. yeah, but also just to be like, okay, wow, that I hope that they think twice the next time they say something like that. Yes, you know? I think they would. Like that, yeah. I really think they would. Because yeah. if you think about being in their shoes, writing something like that, not that I can really imagine what that would be like. I don't even know anyone who would write, I mean, comment on someone's Instagram post. I hope I don't. <laughs> like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what kind of human does that. But obviously it is someone that is hurt and that has, has their own insecurities and and frustrations and negative emotions that they need to project in some way. But, you know, imagine getting a response back and and, you know, someone saying, that hurt my feelings. Like, why did you yeah. do that? Like, it'd make you think, you know, it would bring yeah. the empathy into it from both perspectives for totally. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're always so good at that. And I feel like it's just, like you said, it's just such a reminder to like in that specific situation, but then like for all of us, that when we are doing the scrolling, like there are humans, like they, it's, this yeah. is like, imagine like you're, you know, someone telling you about what the picture is about or like reading the caption to you. It's like, there, there are people on the other side of, mm-hmm. you know, all of these accounts and, um, yeah, you're always so good about like really humanizing the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that is why you do get the response that you do when you mm-hmm. like talk to people is because of the way that you go about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like, even speaking as in Molly and I are both moms and there's a whole nother world of like moms bullying moms. And like oh my mom God, shame. really? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Talk to me about uh, this. <laughs> well, I, I mean, not to get too deep into it, but just, I think being a, being a new parent is a really vulnerable space to step into. And it comes with so much, so many unknowns. And so I think in my experience, like a lot of the comments that initially kind of feel a bit off-putting. I'm like, okay, I understand that a lot of people online like have good intentions and they're like, no, like, you know, they see a picture of something and they're like, you shouldn't do that. Like you should, 
feed your child this or put them in the car seat this way. Like it's always this thing about telling another mother what to do. And while I think there, again, there's like good intentions behind that. Um, a lot of times like I'll read comments and I'm just like, don't tell me what to do. Well, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like, it just, cause you're a mom and you know, like no one's perfect. We all mess up. Mm-hmm. And, um, so anyway, speaking to responding to comments, I do love responding to mothers specifically who like have very specific advice or ideas for me <laughs> and, and, um, and talking just mom to mom about whatever it is they've brought up and, you know, being like, oh, wow, I didn't really think about it this way, but also A, B, and C, like, you know, explaining like why that didn't feel good or what. And again, even in within that space, like it's always, it always ends up being a nice conversation and there's always an apology, you know? And, and I think mm-hmm. speaking to apologies, I don't know if Molly, you want to talk about, I think that's a really important yeah. piece of pain and yeah. you specifically within our assemblies. Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier, we do different interactive activities within the assembly and our favorite activity is the kind apology and um, you know, just the power of an apology, not only for the person of course, who's receiving the apology, but also, you know, for the person giving the apology um, to be able to own what they did, you know, apologize and then come to a resolution with that person in whatever form that looks like, whether it's, you know, rekindling that friendship or like, or not. And that's okay. Just, you know, coming to that resolution and then moving forward. And, um, you know, that's important, not only for young people, but for people of all ages and, um, apologies are just so, uh, transformative and important. And it's beautiful to watch during the assemblies. Um, we have, when we're in schools, we have like actual physical sheets of paper. Uh, but then even on this last tour, you know, virtually, um, we don't typically open the floor for people to share their apologies, uh, just because, you know, often they're writing about really personal things that also involve someone else. Um, so we encourage them to hand their apology or send it to them a text message or, you know, a direct message or whatever that looks like, especially now in this new space. Um, but to just give it to the person in whatever format, um, that they're able to. And sometimes we have people who are just, you know, so eager to, to hand that person the apology or, or they are, are wanting to share in front of everyone. And so there are moments where, you know, girls will stand up at the front of the auditorium, you know, in front of all of their peers and apologize to someone sitting in the audience. And it just creates this really unique, um, beautiful space again, of just empowering that person to, to use their voice and, um, to then see those two people, you know, whatever that looks like for them. Oftentimes there's happy tears, there's hugs, there's reconciliation. And, and sometimes it's over things that, you know, happened like two years ago. They don't really even know the beginning of why they started, you know, why they're in this fight in the first place. Um, but for whatever reason, because of one thing, you know, they haven't talked in two years because there was no apology. And so to see how, when someone uses their voice and uses their words and takes ownership, um, again, just the power of an apology and, you know, speaking to, for me and my story, um, you know, it was life-changing for me. And um, yeah, it's just, no matter how old you are, I think it is so important to always be aware, again, of the fact that our words and actions have, you know, hold power and weight over other people. And um, when you recognize that you've hurt someone, 
how really beautiful it is to like recognize that and then take action and make it right and, and apologize. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think so many, whether it's online, you know, in the virtual space or in person, you know, with, with friends, you know, in real life, um, you're never too old to apologize. Um, because we never, you know, it's not like we grow out of, we all make mistakes. We all say things that hurt other people and, and that doesn't end no matter how old you are. And so you can always, um, you know, it's always important to recognize the weight of your words and actions and take ownership if you've done something that's hurt someone else. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a mature thing to do, actually apologize. And I actually think it kind of makes you look good, if anything, right? People always, you know, I guess, don't want to apologize because they think it would make them look bad or weak. But I think it makes you look really good because it's it's empowering. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. All right, both of you. I can't believe it's been 40 minutes. That went by really, really quickly. <laughs> Where can everyone support Kind Campaign? Find both of you on Instagram. Find Kind yeah. Campaign everywhere. Tell me all the deets. Yes. So um, you can find out tons of information about our assemblies. We have assemblies that take place pretty much every day of the school year around the world, well, prior to COVID and everything. Now we actually have some new um, uh, opportunities that we're really excited about. Um, obviously when everything goes back to normal, we'll pick up as normal, but right now we've, um, developed some virtual programming. So schools can do virtual assemblies. People can, um, have the kind campaign experience from home if you are doing school remotely. Um, so all the information about that is on our website, kindcampaign.com. Um, all of our programming is free of charge too. I wanted to mention, I'm really proud to be able to offer that for schools. Um, and yeah, Molly, um, well, I'll let her share her info, but I'm Lauren Paul eight, uh, on Instagram and I really just use Instagram. So that's the only place you can find me. Um, kind campaign is at kind campaign. Cool. Yeah. And I'm, uh, Molly May, M-A-E Tomps. Um, and I also wanted to mention, I'm not sure if, if, uh, we, I think I like touched on this, but we also have, if anyone's interested or as they're listening, if they are interested in getting involved with kind campaign, we have a volunteer program called kind ambassadors, which really kind of puts the power into people's hands all over the world to bring kind campaign programming to their schools and community. Um, So if that's something you're interested in, there's more information about that on the website as well. And we also have um, a kind club curriculum where People can start clubs, whether that's in schools or we've also had, um, you know, people outside of school start it for like an after school program or even, um, you know, we've had adults come together and and create a kind club. So um, there's more information about that on the website as well, um, as well as a place uh, if anyone wants to support us, you can donate um, at kindcampaign.com. You can also find us on Venmo at Kind Campaign. Um, Laura, lift your sweatshirt up because we just launched these new sweatshirts. Yeah, if you end up showing this, we have um, some new merch. It says kindness is my superpower. I love that. Um, yeah. So we, we have actually we do different collaborations and partnerships and we've done that for, you know, a decade with different clothing companies and whatnot, but this is the first piece of kind campaign original merch we've put out in a very long time. So we're really excited. It's a cozy sweatshirt. I like mine kind of oversized. Um, yeah, just perfect for this time of year. And, um, if you want to check that out, you can find that on kindcampaign.com. I love it. Oh my gosh. Very cool. Both of you. Thank you so much for coming on. I had 
such a great conversation with both of you. And I'm so happy that both of you are in this world doing this work because people got to hear about it. They got to know about it. And you are targeting the perfect audience of young people because it's going to create the next generation. And um, yeah, honestly, thank you so much for your work and for spending the time with me today. Yeah, it was great chatting you. with you.